plug those headphones in. It's time for Ireland's only interactive podcast, the multi-award winning Opinions Matter. You're very welcome along to the latest Opinions Matter podcast with Jeremy. I'm on my own for this special edition of Opinions Matter and I'll explain to you why uh, in a moment. It's a difficult, it's a difficult subject to talk about and that's why rather than having a debate about it, I thought today it would be more appropriate to just have a one-on-one conversation with someone who can answer, or maybe she can answer some questions about what we're about to talk about. I will warn you that this uh, edition of Opinions Matter may be triggering for some of you. It may upset you, but it's a conversation that needs to be had. Uh, If you were looking uh, at the news over the last 24 hours, you would have seen the story of the Dublin schoolgirl who took her own life after being bullied at school over her weight. Several years ago, before we even started this podcast, when we were doing the daytime talk show, we spoke uh, about Coco's Law and about that poor girl um, who took her own life after being bullied. And we spoke to uh, her mother at the time, Uh, on the air several times about the bullying that her daughter had been through. Uh, Nicole was her name, Nicole Fox, and we got to know the mother quite well. And I thought, uh, following uh, the tragic death of Nicole and the introduction of Coco's Law, that things would change. And that has not happened. If you have young children, you should listen to every single minute of this podcast. You should share it with your friends. You should let your children listen to it. It is very important that they hear what we're going to talk about in the next while. Let's not brush it under the carpet. It can no longer be brushed under the carpet. How many more tragedies do we have to face before something is done? That was 2016, by the way, Nicole Fox, 2016. And we've learned nothing. Fast forward to 2023. And we hear from an inquest in Dublin that a young Dublin girl took her own life after being bullied by other children in her school about her weight. The family of Sophia Gray have called for greater efforts to be made to tackle the problem of cyberbullying, given the background of how she ended her life two years ago. So she tragically, Sophia tragically took her life two years ago at the age of uh, 13. I'm not going to go into the details of how she was found and the circumstances around her suicide, uh, we don't need to know that, but it, it is horrific. It really is. Uh, you can hear it in my voice. I'm, I'm obsessed listening to this as a father of children. I don't even think you need children to be upset by, by this, a 13-year-old, getting to the stage in her life where she feels she has to take uh, her own life, crying uncontrollably, according to the news, as she answered questions from the coroner. The mother recounted how her daughter started becoming concerned about her weight around the time of her confirmation. So she was concerned about her weight. Uh, That was obviously stemming from bullying that was taking place. She was being bullied through text messages from a girl who was giving her hassle, according to the coroner's report. Um, You know, I was thinking twice about, I've seen some of the messages that this girl was sent and I was thinking twice about, you know, whether or not we should read out the messages or not. And I think it's important to read out the messages. I really do. To see the kind of stuff that this young girl uh, was getting because this is, this is what led to it. One of the messages that was sent to this young girl from someone who was regarded as a friend, here's what the message said. 
Why don't you kill yourself, you fat cunt? I'm reading that out in its entirety. It has to be read out in its entirety. Why don't you kill yourself, you fat cunt? Don't like reading language like that, but it has to be read out because that was a message that was actually sent to Sophia. In a moment, we're going to be talking to a woman who's been through this herself and had a very unhappy childhood uh, because of this. But when, when I read that story uh, yesterday, I thought to myself, we just have to, we have to cover this on the Opinions Matter podcast. You know, we have a, a, a large audience, a lot of you listening to this, and, you know, people need to be aware uh, of what is going on, because no doubt it is still going on among uh, children uh, in Ireland at the moment. I would like to think that this case will change, will change things, but it actually won't change things. I don't think it will. I don't know what it's going to take uh, to change um, the way children bully each other uh, online and by text messages. Another message sent to Sophia, I'll just read out two of them, uh, about a month before her death read, and this apparently was from a boy, and the message read, uh, you would be hot if you were skinnier. Just think of the, the mental impact that that would have had on, on that poor child. It really is. It's, it's, it's awful. It's an awful story to read. A regular listener to our show and a contributor as well. She's a regular caller. Uh, someone we've got to know over the last uh, couple of years. Uh, Vanessa is her name. And Vanessa recently, uh, she didn't go into too much detail, but she recently revealed uh, on this very podcast what she had been through uh, with her in her childhood. And when this story came to light, uh, yesterday, I said we have to contact Vanessa to get her take on it and to see what can be done and to talk about what happened with her. And Vanessa joins me on the, the line now. Vanessa, how are you? Hiya, Jeremy. Uh, not the better for that story, I have to say. Now, you read that story yourself. What was your initial reaction when you read that story and especially when you, you saw the messages uh, that was that were sent to that girl? What was your initial reaction? I was heartbroken. I really was heartbroken for the family and heartbroken for the girl who lost her life. Such and ultimately, that's what happened. Those a, messages took her life from her. Such a waste of a life, 13-year-old girl. Yeah, it, it's sad. It's it's so sad, it's frustrating and infuriating all at the same time. And as I said, back in 2018, on a previous show, we highlighted the, the whole tragic case of uh, Nicole Fox, known as Coco, who had been uh, bullied for three years uh, up until... Um, the time that she took her own life and in 2018 and even after a suicide attempt in 2016 she was still getting abuse it was relentless um, before I get into what, what you've been through why does this happen why are kids so bloody mean to each other why did someone send Sophia a message uh, and I'm not going to read it out again. I'm not going to repeat it again. But basically telling uh, Sophie she should she should kill herself. Why are teenagers like that? I would like to think that my kids will not grow up to be that type of, of person. But why are they behaving like that? Um, I think, first of all, we're social creatures and we crave uh, attention. We, we desperately need it. Um, we crave our peers' support. Um, and when you feel like you have power over people, that can go to your head and it can turn nasty very, very quickly before you even realize what you're doing. I also think people, children behave from what they see. 
a lot of the time, not all of the time, but a lot of the time, if you, if they're coming across people in their own lives, adults behaving that way, then they'll mimic that behavior. Um, and because they don't have a filter, they don't, don't have control, it spirals very fast. And that's the messages that you can receive out of that. So um, there's many other reasons, but they're the main ones. So sending a message like the one that she got saying, why don't you, you kill yourself, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. The person sending those type of messages, I'm not talking about that person in particular, but anybody that's saying, I've seen these messages online loads of times, people telling other people to, to kill themselves and all that. When they send those messages, do you believe that they don't realise the severity of the message they're sending? Because I don't believe that's the case. I believe they know exactly what they're doing. I think they know what they're doing, but I don't think they realise the control and the power that they have when they send those kinds of messages. And they don't, also don't realise what else is going on with that person that they're sending it to, that the message might actually ring true. So they that th- they might feel that they have to do that. Okay, so back to the old expression. They think it's just words. Six and stones will break my bones with names and never hurt me. They, they think the words don't matter and that, that won't affect them. Well, that's one, one big aspect. They really don't think that anyone would act on those words. They're just words. But the other thing is that um, because of social media, we have uh, the ability to be anonymous. And so a lot of people think, a lot of young people think that if they send it anonymously, then one, it won't come back to them. And two, it's just a random person. They're not a real life person who can be affected by those words. No, but in this case, and in certainly in the case uh, with Nicole Fox, um, she, she did know the people and they knew, they knew her. A lot of the times it's, it's people in your class in school, it's, it's people in your school, it's people on your road and stuff like that. So it's, it's not as if this person that you're, you're messaging uh, is just this anonymous person. You know, you know these people. I mean, one of the people that sent Sophia the message, it says in the news report that uh, they knew each other. Um, so Yeah, they were friends at one point, I think. Yeah, so the people sending that message knew that it was a human being they were sending that message to. Oh, I want to go. I want to go to your story because I want to hear your story. I've I've yet to hear your story, but I know you've spoken to to Adrian about it, uh, about your childhood. And the reason I want to do this is I want to highlight the effects that bullying has on uh, children because you were obviously uh, bullied. This was long before social media was a was a thing. Uh, yeah. I, I believe it's only got worse uh, through social media. Uh, I feel sorry for anybody growing up in this world because uh, when I was a kid, if you were being bullied, as soon as you went into the house and closed the door, that was it. They, they couldn't touch you anymore. But nowadays, it's, it's text message, it's online, it can be anywhere. What age were you when you first uh, became a victim of bullying? I was three. Three years of it. I was three when it started, yeah. And this was coming from children who were seven, eight, nine. So three years of age, um, not which is yeah. a baby, basically. I mean, I'm looking at my daughter who's who's just gone three, and um, I just I can't I can't fathom uh, her being bullied. Did this happen out on the road? Where did it happen? It happened in the estate at first. Um, the boys out on the road would insult me because my mum was a lone parent, uh, so I didn't have a daddy in my house. So they would say, "Your daddy doesn't love you. That's why he doesn't live with you." Um, they would insult my name um, and it, it was a long period of attempted dehumanization by insulting my name you know calling me vanilla ice cream calling me the Loch Ness Monster because I look like a monster um, calling me every name under the sun uh, I was once called what was it a whore's bitch oh my god at three years of age by an eight year old by an eight year old a whore's bitch so there you are an innocent three year old 
Uh, this upsets me hearing this, I have to say. Uh, and I can hear even in your voice uh, recounting it that it, it, it has to be still uh, affecting you. That an eight-year-old came up to you at three years of age uh, in your estate and called you a whore's bitch. The fact that an eight-year-old even, yeah. ha- even had that uh, language in them and knew how to use it against you is is terrifying and sickening. Um, that particular person, just as a by the by, that particular person that that called you that, did you ever see them in later life when they grew up? Like, do you know what they're they're up to or whatever? I have seen them since, um, and he is he he has apologised unreservedly for the bullying that he gave me, which I feel lucky for because a lot of victims don't get apologies. Um, but yeah, sorry, he's doing sorry, well for himself. Sorry for cutting across you, but how did that come to pass uh, that he did apologise? Did you, did you just meet randomly one day? Well, we grew up together um, and then I obviously moved away. Uh, he had family still on the estate. Um, my mum at the time was still on the estate and yeah, we just came across each other on the road. And he says, um, I, I can't believe how savage I was when it came to you and I don't even know why. So he remembered exactly, like, how, okay, obviously that was one incident where he called you those horrible names. How how long did this go on for from this particular person? I know it wasn't just him, it was several people. How long did this go on for? Um, from that group until I was 14, 15. So, so, four, so like the, the guts of 11 years? Yeah. Hearing that day in, day out? Yeah. Um, well, sometimes I didn't go out, so I'd, I'd, I wouldn't see it. And what happened was the bullying got so bad by the time I reached school age, I couldn't go to school with anyone on the estate. So I was sent to another school down the road where nobody knew me. Just just to get away from and them. And then I, just to get away from them. And because of the bullying that I'd received from them, I was quiet when I started school. So I got bullied for being quiet. I was the odd one out. Yeah, they'll always be um, something. Yeah, yeah, there is. And, and one of the things that really got to me was reading that article. Um, Sophia was called fat, as you, as you read out. Um, I was really, really insulted because I was too skinny. Asha, no matter what, you you could be, you know, no matter what size you are, they will always find something. Your nose might be too They'll big. They'll always find something. You could be wearing glasses, whatever the case may be. They, they will always find something. Um, so back to this guy apologising to you. He's an adult when you when you meet up with him and he finally turns around. And do you believe the apology was... was uh, Heartfelt. I can only hope that it was. I, I do believe it was because he was remorseful. Um, I don't think he understood just how bad it got with those insults of how I took them or how, how um, I took them so much to heart. Uh, I don't think he realised that it was just he was repeating what his what he would overhear his dad saying. And was the, the bullying that you got in this housing estate, was it ever physical or was it just verbal? No, it became physical when I turned five. Um, okay, with you... some of them saying, she's so skinny, let's see if we can push her over and break a bone. Oh my God, stay there for a second. I'll be back in a second, Vanessa, to continue your story. Voted Irish Current Affairs Podcast of the Year. It's Opinions Matter. In this special edition of Opinions Matter, it's a, it's a one-on-one, guys. And if you've been listening, you will understand uh, why and how we are doing it this way. Uh, over the shocking story of yet another young life uh, taken over uh, cyberbullying. And we're talking to Vanessa, who ha- had a tragic childhood um, that started at the age of three. You know, I always believe your childhood is supposed to be your, your happy years, uh, where you have no worries. And what Vanessa went through was just was just horrific. And I want to take up the story with you, Vanessa. Um, 
that I asked had the verbal bullying turned uh, physical. And by the way, I'm not saying the physical uh, uh, or the verbal bullying is not as bad as physical. They're both equally as bad. Sometimes verbal bullying can be worse because if someone hurts you uh, physically, um, that pain will go away. But I believe verbal bullying, the pain never goes away. So they said to you at one stage, she's so skinny, let's see if we can break her arm. That, that's what happened. Yeah, and they broke my um, my elbow. How did they do that? They ganged up on you? Um, we were out playing football uh, and yet yeah, one of them tripped me on purpose and just to see if he could break a bone and he did and they all cheered. And even though that was probably, what, over 30 years ago now and you can, I can tell by you, you talking about it, you can still vividly remember that happening, obviously. You can, you can picture that day when they all ganged up on you. Oh yeah. Very, very clearly. Um, because it was instances like that, as small as they were or as insignificant as they seemed to a lot of people at the time. Um, it ultimately led me at the age of eight. I was three weeks after my eighth birthday where I tried to commit suicide for the first time. Eight years of age. Again, supposed to be a happy time around your birthday time. You're looking forward to your, to your birthday, uh, getting presents and all that. And you decided that obviously enough was enough. You couldn't cope. Uh, we'll talk about what support you got, if any, from your mother in a moment. But at eight years of age, you decided, that's it, I can't go on. Yeah. Um, I tried to jump out of a window. Um, when that when I was stopped, I then thought, and, and it's incredible that an eight-year-old eight can actually think like this. I thought, well, if I jumped from the window, I'd only hurt myself. Um, I went and got my skipping rope, tied it to the bed, and thought, well... If I jump now with the skipping rope tied to the bed and tied to my legs, um, I might smash a bit against the building hard enough that it will knock me out. And then all the blood will rush to my head and I'll die that way. The fact that, um, the just fact some of the incredible thoughts that, I, that ran through my head that I actually tried to action on. I know, that's, um, it's scary to think at eight years of age that you would have yeah. even had those thoughts in your, in your head. But they, they, you know, those thoughts were put there through sustained bullying year after year after year that literally uh, drove you to that. I'm so glad you weren't successful. I'm sure you're glad you weren't successful either. Where Was your mother aware of what was going on in your mind and what was going on in the estate at the time? She was aware of the bullying. She was aware of the bullying in school. Um, the bullying in school got so bad that I actually had to transfer again back up to the school next to us where all the lads from the estate was. And yeah, I spiraled. Now, she tried. She uh, got me into therapy. But the problem with the therapy was they would put me into group therapy, which is what they often do with children. And some of my bullies were sitting in the room with me. Oh and I was God. being encouraged to talk about the bullying. So they brought you face to face. And I was afraid. Yeah, of course you were. You, they brought you face to face. They thought that was the good way uh, to carry out therapy, to put you face to face in front of the people who had put you there in the first place. Well, they didn't realise they were my bullies. Ah, okay. That was the crazy thing. They, they had no idea. And I was too afraid to say, um, I'm not talking in front of her because she tried to break my, uh, my jaw once. You know, as, as a child, when you're trusting adults with your safety, and you can't find the words to verbalise what's going through your head, then yet you stay silent. 
because silence is what you know is going to keep you safe in that moment. So that was a complete waste of time as far as you were concerned. Um, and you said to me that this bullying went on into the age of what, 13, 14? Uh, yeah. It got to the stage uh, at 13, 14 that I was carrying around a noose in my bag. Oh my God. No, you don't mean that, you don't mean that metaphorically. You actually were carrying a, no. a, a noose in your bag. I went to a hardware shop um, and I got a strong rope and I fashioned it into a noose. And as I said to Adrian, it got, it, at one stage I was just, I was dying for someone to be kind, to say hello to me, to was smile it, at me. Was there nobody kind to you back it then? Was hard. Were, were none of the kids in the estate kind to you? Were they all little bastards? And I'm sorry for using that word, but were they all little bastards and little dicks? Not all, not all, but it was either they would ignore my existence entirely and um, because I was so quiet, they'd probably just forget that I was there or they were actively bullying. Now, it was a minority that would be doing the bullying, but the, the others just didn't want to take any heat onto themselves yeah. by being my friend. Which is just as bad as far as I'm concerned. Someone that stands by and watches that happening yeah. and does nothing about it, uh, I think it's just as bad that they didn't stick up uh, for you and didn't uh, call out the bullying uh, when it when it happened. You know, and and these guys, these guys knew, these guys knew that I was suicidal because at the age of nine, I actually took a knife out of the drawer because they were insulting me so much and um, bullying me so much. I actually took a knife out of the drawer in the kitchen. I brought it out to the road and tried to cut my wrists in front of them, and they laughed. You'd like to think I know you obviously um, got an apology from from one of the um, one of the fellows who I hope I hope. Uh, this haunts him till the day he dies. Uh, the, and I know he apologised to you and all that, but words words mean nothing as far as I'm concerned. I hope this does. What he put you through, I hope that haunts him till the day he dies uh, of the way he behaved. And I hope if this man, does this man have kids himself? He does. He does. I hope that he has spoken to his kids uh, and not allow them to go down the same path that he went down. And I know when you're kids, you're stupid kids and all that, but not all kids behave the way those kids behaved with you. It's just, it's, it's, it's sickening. It really is. And it ruined your childhood, didn't it? You didn't have a happy childhood because of all this. You couldn't have had a happy childhood. I, I didn't have a childhood. I don't feel I had a childhood because most of it was sitting in my room, trying, listening to music or just trying to last the day. Um, at the time, my dad was around as well. Um, he was cut off when I started committing, trying to commit suicide because he was trying to warp my brain. He was a genius at men- mental torture and he was doing it to get back at my mum. So, there, so was... there was an added level on top of that. And then on top of that, again, my mum, because of all of this, it was the 80s and 90s, she would be taking her anger out on me and my sister. Because she didn't know how else to deal with it until she realised how bad I was and she stopped. So up until the age of eight, we would get hidings. You know, a lot of kids did. You were literally, um, you were literally getting it from all angles, weren't you, when you think about it? There was nowhere, everywhere. There was nowhere you could go that, uh, you know, no. so, someone was being nice to you. And, and again, you know, your childhood, it's supposed to be a happy time. It's supposed to be the happiest time of your life where you don't, you shouldn't have any worries um, and you certainly shouldn't have the thoughts in your head that, that you uh, had in your head. I want you to stay there for a second, uh, if you will, please, Vanessa. I need to take another quick break, but I want to ask you after the break, uh, first of all, well, three questions I have. Uh, how are you How are you now? Um, how much it has affected your life? 
And I suppose a really important question and the reason I got you on today is what message have you got for parents of teenagers? What conversation should they be having with their kids? Not even teenagers, younger than than that. Because I believe bullying starts preteen. What conversation parents should be having with their kids to stop this happening again? Don't go away. It's Ireland's most talked about podcast. The only podcast with live callers and live debates. It's Opinions Matter. So, Vanessa, let's fast forward to today. Obviously, you know, going through what you've gone through with me in the last 20 minutes and recounting what happened in your childhood, it's been tough and I appreciate how strong you've been and how brave you've been uh, talking to me about it. How does it still affect you to this day? Um, Well, I got used to hiding my emotions a lot um, just because there was nobody I felt safe uh, releasing them to. Um, so I became quite secretive. I don't know who to trust anymore. My ability to trust is gone. Um, so I kind of keep it to my myself to myself a lot. I can understand um, My that. partner is obviously, yeah, my partner is one of the only people in my life that I really trust. Um, so it still affects me. It, it never goes away. Um, and it probably never will. And, yeah, that's, and I, that's just that's just a sad statement of fact, isn't it? That like, it be- I have I I learned I learned from the uh, the community sector to use my voice. The fact that I my voice wasn't drowned out, that I found it again when I stopped caring about living or dying. Um, I found my voice, and I started using it for people who didn't have a voice. And that's um, so that gave me a lot of confidence. Um. And so through through that then, but I always say it's not confidence, it's an illusion of confidence because you're fighting for other people and it's so much easier to fight for someone else than it is to fight for yourself. Um, but I have that. I will always fight for people who don't have a voice. Um, so in that w- regards, it made me very empathetic to what other people are going through. Uh, and I will use my voice as much as I possibly can. I refuse to allow it to be taken by anyone else. And I'm I'm so happy that you were so strong now that you you can you can do that and you can say that that you know they have ruined your childhood, but you're not going to let them ruin the rest of your life. You're not. No, absolutely not. Um, I'm responsible for how I feel only. Yep. Um, and if I can affect someone, if I can touch a nerve with someone and help them realize what they're saying and what they're doing has real life effects on someone else. Uh, then that's, you know, there's some days that I just, I can't even get out of bed uh, because of the depression. Um, and there's other days where I feel like I'm on top of the world. But at the same time, those memories never go away. Uh, they say talking about it can make it easier. It doesn't always um, because it still happened. Um, so, yeah, as strong as I am, as you can hear, it can still really affect me. What would you say, and one of the reasons I wanted to highlight this uh, today is because if, if doing this podcast today even stops one person from cyberbullying uh, a child or if it, um, if it makes parents sit down and talk to their kids about having respect for other people, what's your message to parents? To parents who have, and I, I originally said of teenagers, but I think it starts way before, way before that, uh, you know, it happened to you. There were eight years of age your bullies were saying disgusting things to you. Uh, what what would you say to those parents? What conversation should they be having with their kids today? Not tomorrow, not next week, not next year, but now, today. 
Um, I'd say patience and honesty are the most important things you can have with your child. No matter how hard it is to hear, um, having them be honest uh, with you and having that open, honest communication. Because we try to hide things from our children when we're feeling bad. Um, so being open and honest with our children about how we're feeling can also help them learn to verbalize what they're feeling. And a lot of this comes down to they have no words to explain what they're feeling. And so they result, they resort to drastic actions because they don't see a way that anything is going to get better. Because anytime they've ever seen anything change, it's been for the worse. So honesty um, and being direct, being direct with your child can be a lifesaver. Say, I know something is wrong. I'm not going to force you to talk to me but I'm here whenever you want to talk. Vanessa, you've been very brave uh, talking to us and I think you know uh, the importance of talking about something like this on a day like today when we when we are reading that horrific story uh, of that poor girl, uh, Sophia Gray, um, 13 years of age. Um, again, she a, a lot of her story is very similar to your story uh, and yeah. it's just a, it's a tragic loss of life and... I'd like to sit here and say this will never happen again and we'll never be talking about this again, but I fear that that's, that, that's not the case. Because as you mentioned about 20... No, sadly, it's happening. It's happening. Yeah. It's happening as we speak. It is, yeah. Somewhere somewhere in Ireland right now, there is a, a teenager getting sent horrible messages either on social media uh, or by text and nothing nothing has been done about it. Vanessa, thanks so much for being so brave and talking about something that is obviously still... Um, quite raw for you. Uh, I really, really appreciate your bravery in talking to us on Opinions Matter. Thanks for having me on. We'll talk to you soon, Vanessa. Thanks very much. Bye-bye. Bye. It's a lot to take in, isn't it? How brave is Vanessa uh, talking to us on the show? But I felt today, for this edition of the podcast, it was the right thing to do because no child should ever feel suicidal because of the actions of others. It just, it's not fair. If you're a parent of young children, I know this is my main worry. It's my main concern. I talk to my son about it all the time because he's in school. I ask him, is he being bullied? He always says, no, I have to believe him. I don't think he is, by the way. I'm not saying I have reason to believe that he is being bullied. But I ask him all the time because it is my big, big, big worry that he would be a victim of bullying. And as I said, it's not physical all the time. You heard what Vanessa said. She said she was out on the road playing. You might think your kids are safe. They're playing with nice people out on the road. You don't know what sort of horrible things are being said to them. Sit down. Talk to your children. You know, get them to confide in you. Ask them, have they been bullied or are they being bullied? Or ask them, have they ever been nasty to people? Because do you really want to be the parent of a child who sends a message to another child saying you should kill yourself I know I don't and I'm sure you wouldn't either hopefully some good will come out of this um, but as I said my biggest fear is that we'll end up talking about this in a year's time when we have another another tragic case just teach your children to be kind although that's very difficult for some parents because they're not kind themselves you just look at social media, adults arguing with each other, being really, really fucking nasty to each other online, saying horrible and vile things 
to each other online. And you wonder when you see these these people, these adults, grown adults, behaving like children. You wonder if they're behaving like that on social media. What chance have their kids got of not ending up the same way? Anyway, thank you for listening to this episode of Opinions Matter. Don't forget to subscribe on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts and you'll never miss another edition of Opinions Matter. And we will talk to you on the next one. Stay safe and be kind.